morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, you don't sound super, aren't you super excited, just amazed to be alive today? I'm really sad. Are you sad? Yeah. You, you you look kind of sad. Yeah, I am really sad. Why are you sad this morning? So, I woke up this morning, you know, ready prayed. on fire to come to work, yeah, praying, like, spending time with the Lord. You know, reading my Bible, had a shower, got out of the shower, and I was like, oh, I want to trim my mustache a little bit. And I went too far. And I, had, <laughs> and I, had, I had to shave the whole thing off. <laughs> It's just gone. And now it's just gone. It's just gone. It's over. It's, it's done. It's done. It, it's for, oh, and, and everyone's and, celebrating because <laughs> they don't support me in my decisions for well, fashion. November is over. Yeah, I know. But I was I was thinking of like going to the end of the year, or well, maybe just forever. Like I like my you mustache. Could've, you could have kept it forever. Yeah, but I didn't. It gave you it gave you a bit of an American look. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bit of a yeehaw, like. Kind nah, of I'm not sure. Just, just, just sort of gave me. Yeah, had that bit of an American feel happening. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like I'm trying my hardest. So to ha- be ha- as happy how, as how did can. you? How did you slip? You slipped with the razor. Uh so I have like like a pair of clippers, uh-huh. like a full on like shave your head kind of clippers. Yeah. And I just use that and just go really light around the edges. Just go. And um, yeah, I think I just. I just wasn't really focusing and just went, drap, just like, <laughs> took out <Oops>. a feature. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is irredeemable. Like, it just So it was to- kind of like out of one side? Um, Because you yeah. could have just taken the other side off and matched it up. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. A little, little tiny mustache in the middle, like some famous people from the 1940s. Like Charlie Chaplin. Oh, yeah, like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with looking like Charlie Chaplin, right? This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. So you want to ask me what I'm grateful for? Uh, oh, what, what I'm you, thankful what are you for, grateful this for this morning? Well, I was going to be thankful for something else, but now I'm going to be thankful that your mustache is gone. Oh wow! Okay. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have to do radio. <laughs> I don't have to be here today. Oh, it doesn't have title. to turn up and be and be abused on air by the other host. <laughs> uh, what do you got? This is the Statler Brothers. Shack and Abednego before the wicked king they stood. And the king commanded them, bow and throne in the fiery furnace that day. But the fire was so hot that the men were slain who forced them on their way. Now when the fear were cast in and the king rose up to witness this awful fate, he began to tremble at what he saw and in astonished tones he spake. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst that fire? Well, oh, I see four men unhurt, unbound, and walking down there. Their Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the fiery coals they trod. And the form of the fourth man that I see is like the Son of God. They held on to the will of God, so we are told. They would not bow their knees to the idol made of gold. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. They held on to the will of God, so we are told they wouldn't bow. They would not bow the knees to the idol made of gold. They wouldn't bow. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. They wouldn't bow. They held on to the will of God, so we are told. Protected by the fourth man in the fire, they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. 
Welcome back, guys. That was the Statler Brothers with The Fourth Man. What a classic. Oh, it's an awesome song. <laughs> That's so good. An awesome story. Yeah. Oh, Daniel Chapter four, three. 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 So one Daniel of my favourite chapters. Amazing. My favourite chapters of the book of Daniel are um, all, the, all of the odd chapters. So one, three, five, uh, seven, seven nine, nine, eleven. Yeah. You like eleven? I do. Hmm, I do. Interesting. interesting. I uh, occasionally do a class on Daniel chapter 11. It is deep. It generally goes over people's heads, <laughs> everyone's heads, including mine. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It sounds it. It just melts your brain. Did I Did I do that, uh, Dan- Daniel 11, when we did Arise? I remember when I was at Arise, you did Daniel like 1 to 9 and then kind of 10, because 10 is like just a little bit of story. And then 11 and 12, everyone was asking you and you were like... Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. So, <laughs> so you did a bit of a summary of it because we didn't have time, but I just remember it being you, you having like the prefacing everything by saying, look, everyone asks about this. Everyone wants to know, right? So we're just going to, just going to have a look and see what you think. Cause it is like a, a you know, a lot, it like the book of Daniel is just like simple and then it gets, you know, as it repeats in a large, it gets a little bit more and more complicated and a little bit more and more difficult to, I guess, you know, you need more and more information to understand it. And then you get to 11 and 12. It's like, Oh, okay. That's, you know. <laughs> lots and lots of detail. All right. Ridiculous okay. amounts of detail. Okay. Yes. But we have a quiz for today. Great. Okay. What city am I? This is a place. A city. Okay. After leaving Athens, Paul went to this city and stayed there a year and a half. Ooh, okay. 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 Thinking. okay. Here it comes. Here it comes. Nah, here it comes. Here it comes. He doesn't know what it is. I do Totally knows what it is. Yeah. Okay, well, that means no double prizes up for grabs this morning. one 324 If you know what this city is, of course, we'll be doing more clues as we're going through the show. But if you know what this city is, give us a call and you can win a prize completely for free. I have a story right now that's about people in a roundabout way winning prizes. Okay. Okay, so check this out. Imagine Lyle, you know, he's just, just working, mm-hmm. just doing your thing. Yep. Come as, to the, as uh, we do. Come to the end day. of year Christmas party. Uh-huh. You know, having a good time. Yep. And, um, you know, how stoked would you be if, like, the boss just gets up the front and just, is just like, oh, yeah, I want to give you guys all bonuses. I'm Christmas not saying bonus. no. No, right? I'm not saying no. I'm and, saying yes. And the envelopes uh-huh. get handed Pick out and, and you're like, oh, man, like, this is legit. Like, this is awesome. You know, we're getting a little Christmas bonus. Okay. Okay. Then how would you feel if you're all told that you couldn't open the envelope you know, you're all standing there holding it. And then you're all told to open the envelope at the same time. And you open the envelope and you pull out a check for $50,000 as your Christmas bonus. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Ooh, ooh yeah. <laughs> that's... Ooh, yeah, it's exactly right. A Mar- okay. A Maryland uh, real estate company, of course, Maryland in the States, um, basically handed out a bunch of envelopes at their Christmas party um, that no one, you know, no one expected. They were like, oh, yeah. It's 50 grand US. Yeah, and, and they've opened them up. And, a, a year's wages. Yeah, 50 grand US. Wow! Yeah, and so this is at the uh, the St. John's uh, St. John properties, um, and yeah, every single one of the 198 employees that works for for a real estate agent, mind you, you know, like real estate makes good money, but it's not like you know you're not earning tens and like you're earning tens of thousands. They of dollars, they must have made but, good money that but year. they must have made fantastic money that year because every single employee was paid. Yeah. $50,000 each, which averages out to, you know, it, it came to around $10 million US. Yeah. Which, which so that would go nicely gnarly. towards a house deposit. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should have a chat with our employer here at uh, Faith FM, you know, um, just sort of share this story a little bit more broadly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I, I think I, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Ooh. yeah, but um, oh man, just the reactions from this people, you know, saying things like, "This is paying off my, you know, my student debt. This is going towards my house. This is helping my family." Like, it, it, and you know, it's just a real scene. There's a number of photos from it of them just like, you know, they had some professional photographers around to sort of capture the moment. Yeah, and, like, great publicity for this company. Oh, it's fantastic. And I don't know whether it's ten million dollars worth of publicity, but it's great publicity. Yeah, yeah. I tend to think a local real estate agent. I'm like, oh, was it really worth it? But obvious. I think you know, 
definitely it comes from a place of publicity, but also a place from like... I know, mean, we're talking about it on the other side of the world. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's just, I guess, you know, their employer just... He just wanted to be good to them. You yeah. Know? Uh, like, real estate is something that, you know, a lot of people make their career out of, and it's probably got a lot of long-time employees, a lot of people so, it really appreciates. And So, if you'd like a job with, a job with uh, St. John's Real Estate, just give us a call here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just thinking my sister-in-law works in real estate in the United States. Maybe she should consider moving to, uh, where was it, Maryland? Maryland, yeah. Man, you'll be big time blessed. Okay, I have another story. No, she would be big time blessed. Oh, she would be. But she's a generous person. Yeah. All right. I have another story. This is this is actually pretty funny. So it's it's actually really cool. So basically, a group of researchers and um, you know, from a data center in Columbia University in, in the states, they have made a headphone system that alerts you to when there's oncoming traffic or any dangers or anything like that. So you can walk around on the street and basically, like, if you walk out onto the road and there's a car coming, it'll, like, put a signal through, you know, put make a noise and you'll be like, oh, and you'll get out of the way. Like a, a, a screech of uh, tyres on the road kind of thing that make you jump back onto the... <laughs> well, I don't know path. if it's necessarily a screech of tyres, but maybe it's just like, get off the road or like something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> get out the way like something but oh this is really cool because man this is actually a huge problem uh-huh like people is. wearing headphones and walking out on the street my sister my little sister shelby shout out shelby she goes to anu down in canberra and um, they have a lot of international students at anu it's like a big international hub for you know of a university it's probably one of the biggest international universities in australia um in terms of its attendance being international and um yeah she says it's just a constant problem especially among international students that they just walk out on the road in front of cars like they're just standing there on their phones they're like walking around on their phones and they just walk straight out in front of cars and like like a bunch of kids get like hit a day no one like usually dies but just you know just yeah because these are not um high speed zones But, like, a bunch of kids get hit, like, every single week because they're just, like, on their phones and, like, walking out in front of cars. And so, yeah, I read this this morning. I was like, oh, man, this is something that we need. Hey, yeah. like, this is revolutionary technology. And wow. This, and so, this means that, like, um, basically what they're doing is how they're, you know, detecting, you know, and doing all this stuff is they have a number of, like, um, actually, actually, like, little sonars and little... Um, little uh, microphones in the headphone. You basically pick up the sound of a car. Pick up the sound of a car and and just pick up things that are happening around it. You know, high high speed traffic and whatnot. And it'll yeah, it'll alert you, and so you can just like step off the uh, step off the road and and not get hit. Uh, this project has been awarded already one point two million dollars from the National Science Foundation um, to you know get this thing going. This is something that obviously people want. They see a need for. And, so where was this developed? Um, in the states, so mm-hmm. Columbia University in in America, and um, yeah, they're just working at the moment. You know, just they're kind of in their prototype R and D phase. You know, doing what they can to to get this going, but um, they're expecting within the next two years that they're going to have a fully working you know production model of this that they can then start to build. Roll out and save people's lives. Yeah, fully. It's like... And between now and then, the moral of the story is stay alert, leave your phone in your pocket oh, when you are walking in traffic. That is the truth. It's like, and the biggest problem, of course, is that you know you get into that deep conversation. Mm. And when you're in a deep conversation, you become so much less aware of what is taking place oh, around you. so true. It's the same in the car as well. Mm-hmm. When you're in the car, when you're like walking around on the street... Um, and it's like, yeah, you get in those deep conversations. You can use a CB radio all day, but because the whole world is listening in, you don't get into that deep conversation on a CB radio. Mm. It's not private. You know, it's open to everybody. Mm. And so you just, you know, you, you're chatting about you know, traffic or something or other that's around you and there's no danger at all, but jump on the phone and suddenly you're all over the road. Oh, man. Legitimately. Hence the phone cameras that we now have in New South Wales so that you can never be on your phone ever <laughs> while you are in the car, else your photograph will be taken. And your money will be out the window. Uh-huh. Oh, but man, i got to say, though, walking through, like, Sydney with headphones in and listening to music and just, like, walking down the streets there is probably one of the most enjoyable things ever. So this, like, for me anyway, that's just a personal thing. So if, uh, if this, you know, this technology starts to get rolled out, you can do that more and more safe.
But anyways, yeah, awesome technology, awesome generosity here. Um, Stay tuned. We have some more awesome stuff coming up after this. This is Sons of Korra with Psalm 139. Search me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue You know it completely, Lord You know it completely You hand me in Behind and before You have laid your hand upon me And such knowledge, Lord Is too wonderful for me Too lofty for me to attain Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence, Lord? If I go up to the heavens, you are there If I make my bed in the depths, you are there If I rise on wings of the dawn If I settle on the far side of the sea Even there your hand will guide me And your right hand will hold me fast If I say surely the darkness will hide me And the light become like night all around me Oh Lord, even the darkness will not be dark to you The night will shine like the day The darkness is as light for you Created my inmost being You knit me together in my mother's womb Oh, and I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made works are wonderful, I know that full well If I go up to the heavens, you are there If I make my bed in the depths, you are there If I rise on wings of the dawn If I settle on the far side of the sea Even there your hand will guide me
I am still you. I am still with you. You were listening to Sons of Chorus, Psalms 139. This is Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Get ready to give us a call, 1-800-324-843. What city am I? Okay, so we already know that after leaving Athens, Paul, he went to this city and stayed there a year and a half. Now, what city am I? When the Jews here opposed Paul's preaching, he left the synagogue and went to the house of Titus Justice. Okay, so where did Titus Justice live? If you know where Titus Justice lived, then uh, you can you will know the answer to this question. What city am I? So give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. Titus Justice, where mm. did he live? Where did he live? Yeah, I know where he lived. Oh, yeah, you do. No double prizes up for grabs this morning because Lyle answered the quiz. I've been there. Oh. All right. I've been to his house. Oh, man. It kind of helps. It helps when answering the quiz when you've actually been there. When you've actually been there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. What's happening around the world? Highly recommended uh, place to visit uh, for anyone who wants to do a little bit of traveling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the Buddhist community this morning is reeling after uh, accusations of abuse. Uh, taking place in one of their in, in several of their sanctuaries. Uh, this is part of the uh, Rigpa um, part of Buddhism, um, and apparently this abuse has been covered up for many many years. It was perpetrated by uh, the Guru Sogyal Rinpoche, probably pronouncing mispronouncing that. Um, and these, of course, are allegations of physical abuse, sexual abuse, and psychological abuse, which have come to light after. He has passed away, and after they have um, gone through their seven weeks of mourning, and so I guess the questions that are going to be asked is, you know, how was this covered up for so many decades? How many people were abused? Uh, who is liable? You know, that that's all going to be mm. coming out over the next, uh, you know, little while, I'm sure. And you know, you know, what what are the what are the long term ramifications of this going to be? And I guess, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, looking outside of, you know, traditional Christian religions or the traditional Christian religion here in Australia anyway, to some of these other religions because of the abuse that has been taking place within Christianity mm. and saying, okay, well, maybe some of these other religions are going to give us a better, uh, you know, a better outcome. Um, you know, we've been disenfranchised by Christianity. And Buddhism has had a very popular and uh, almost a myth as being the religion of peace mm. that is built up around it. Buddhism is not the religion of peace. No. Uh, if you study the history of it, you'll know the answer to that. Um, if we get a chance here in a moment, we'll look at some of the history of that. In fact, Buddhism is no more a religion of peace than any other religion that is out there. Mm. I would say less so than many others that are out there. And this is coming from the standpoint of a Christian knowing the... Brutal history of Christianity. Yeah. You know, we need to be real, and just because we now have another religion that has just been exposed for committing, you know, terrible, terrible abuses, or someone within that religion, I should say, a leader within that religion, um, committing terrible abuses, we need to recognize that, you know, we're all kind of in this together, and the issue here is human nature. Yeah. Mm. And this is one of the areas that I have a problem with, you know, some of these other religions outside of Christianity. And I'm going to share my bias right now, but this is what my bias is based on. Within Christianity, we recognize that we are the problem. Mm. You are not God. God is not, you know, what is within you. What is within you is selfishness. And we need God who is outside of us to remove that selfishness. Mm. Uh, we need to die to self and not live to self. We need to be true to Jesus Christ rather than true to self. Self is actually the problem. And we need to, you know, by getting rid of self and dying to self and being true to Jesus Christ, uh, we are able to overcome, you know, many of these natural human tendencies as a result of sin being a part of human nature. Um, of course, these abuses took place in um, the Rigpa's uh, Mile Lakes and Blue's Beach retreats. Uh, 
Um, one nun has spoken out after this uh, seven weeks of mourning and come forward with a lot of this information. But this is information that has been coming out for a very, very long time. During one four-year period, she was beaten by this guy over 200 times. Wow. So that is an average around about once per week. So basically he was just using her as a punching bag to vent his anger and frustrations. Mm. And, you know, this is a religion that teaches that, you know, you vent your anger and you get rid of your anger and frustration through uh, transcendental meditation and these kind of things. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, clearly that's a, you know, I'm not, I'm not so much into that kind of meditation. I'm into Christian meditation, you know, meditating on the Word of God. Mm. But uh, definitely a better alternative than just sort of taking it out on one of your personal attendants. Yeah. Um, yeah, this guy was a personal friend of the Dalai Lama and has received protection and cover-up from figures very, very high within the mm. Buddhist organization who are living outside of Australia. And he spent his summers at the Mile Lake Sanctuary where he would uh, go there with an entourage of young Lamacare girls. So you can only imagine uh, where that went. Um, mm. These were g- girls who cooked for him, dressed him, slept in his room, massaged him, uh, performed you know, sexual favours, these kind of things. And reports of this have been circulating since 1992 and nothing has been done about it. Wow. Um, and, of course, you know, he, he, <clears throat> he used his position of power and position to be able to gain, you know, sexual favors. Mm. When a person, when a man uses position and power to gain sexual favors, that's what we call power rape. Yeah, that's what it is today. Mm. Um, and we need to recognize that, um, you know, a lot of a lot of young girls, you know, they just go into the into the freeze mode, and um, yeah. All kinds of terrible things, you know, photographing, you know, his attendants, uh, photographing and filming them nude, offering them to other llamas for sex, you know, there's just a whole very, very sordid story that um, has come out in relationship to what is taking place here, which does lead us to, you know, the question of, and the question is often asked, you know, is religion the problem that is in our world right now? Mm. You see something like this happens and people... You know, the, the, the natural knee-jerk reaction is to say, you know what? The world would be better off without religion because we've seen it within Christianity. We've seen it within Islam. We've seen it within Buddhism. And here we've got Buddhism, which is supposedly the religion of peace and the religion of harmony. And that's what they've uh, promoted themselves as. You know, this myth that they've never started a war and all of this kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so it... It, the, the devil just uses this to turn people away from religion because if he can turn people away from religion, he can turn them away from Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so i just like to encourage our listeners this morning, don't look at people. If you look at people, you are going to come unstuck. Mm. If you look at Jesus Christ, who is God, then you are not going to come unstuck. And I would encourage you all to take out a Bible, dig it out from wherever you can, and read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke and John, these are the first four books of the New Testament. And you are going to be introduced to somebody there who will not let you down like this, mm. who you can pattern your life after, and your life will become a success. The problem is not with religion. The problem is not with Christianity. The problem is with human nature. And when human nature uses religion as a way and as a means of abusing other human beings. Mm. And human beings who are not, you know, in, in followers of Christ are prone to use whatever is at their disposal to try and control other human beings. And, you know, when they give themselves over to that, it's like, yeah, here's a great source of power. Let me use this and let me manipulate a whole bunch of people. And the problem is not with Jesus Christ or, you know, religion per se the problem is with human nature yeah fully. Um, we need to we need to learn to die to self and to live for jesus christ is you know the the historical research that is out there shows that you know these kind of abuses tend to well they are they exist across all aspects of um of human nature anyway we're going to move on with our next segment right now um this song is dedicated to one of our um, daily listeners, Hope Langman, Langman who has uh, 
been ill lately. Just want you to know that our prayers and thoughts are with you here at Faith FM. This is the idea of North with My Soul Finds Rest. My soul finds rest in God alone. He is my salvation. My soul finds rest in God alone. He is my rock salvation He's my fortress I will not be shaken I got a rock I can lean on and it will stay Back, guys. That was the idea of North with My Soul Finds Rest here on Faith FM. Uh, Lawson, before we go to the interview of the day, what have you got for us with the another clue for our quiz? Okay. What city am I? It is here that Paul met Aquila and Priscilla. Okay. So if you know where Aquila and Priscilla met Paul, then you know the answer to the question. You can give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 491 0646699 064669 and there is a prize coming your way. Well, the latest version of the Religious Freedom Bill uh, has been released. We mentioned this yesterday and joining us on the phone this morning, 
to provide some analysis. The analysis is the uh, Chief Political Officer for the Australian Christian Lobby, Dan Flynn. Dan, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, Hello. Dan. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. I've got you there now. That sounds that's, that's, that's better. Surely. All good. Now, Dan, we're just wondering, you know, from the perspective of religious liberty, is this version of the bill a significant improvement over the last version? It is certainly significant improvement, Lyle. Uh, they've, you know, the government, the Prime Minister, the Attorney General, they want to get this right. Uh, they've been listening to the faith community, and that's very heartening. Um, and probably that's, you know, the best place to start. We've had a first exposure drill uh, bill. The church was quite uh, critical of it, the church leaders. Uh, so uh, uh, I think Prime Minister Morrison is very determined to. Uh, provide some satisfaction for uh, religious stakeholders. So, you know, if this is about religious discrimination, then the relevant sector, those stakeholders should be happy. So yeah. uh, that's why I've got the second draft. So, yeah, there are some, there are some improvements. There are some things we're still disappointed about, but more work to be done. Okay, those areas that um, have improved, let's just comment on those very quickly. <clears throat> I think one of the key ones is that Judges will not be called upon to, to determine religious doctrine. So in a uh, religious freedom case, let's say, you know, Israel Palau, <coughs> he's posted his, um, his Instagram post that this, you know, uh, line of people, um, you know, basically won't inherit the kingdom of God, that type of thing. Now, <coughs> he was dismissed for that. And uh, let's say he took an action under this bill for religious discrimination. The question would arise, well, is what he said, is that based on Christian doctrine or not? Now, the previous draft had judges making that determination who may know nothing about Christianity or, you know, you know, it could be Islam. They know nothing about it, but they were called upon to make this decision. Now, the, the second exposure draft, released a couple of days, uh, takes judges out of that work. Uh, the government has... has has formed the view that judges are not properly wired up to be theologians. So they have said that if a person of the same religious faith could reasonably consider this Israel Palau quote to be from the Bible, then that will suffice. <clears throat> so I just use that as an example that people know. But um, it is heartening that you know we, we see a, a separation between church and state in that the state, the judges are not going to be uh, determining church doctrine. That, that's good news. That's one positive. Yeah, that is, that's, that's fantastic news. And uh, negatives, what, else, what have we got as far as uh, negatives go? <clears throat> Look, I think the biggest negative is that individuals in their workplace have very little protection from this bill. Um, Organisations have considerable protection in who they employ, that they can prefer people of faith. That's all very good. But there's a... Uh, there's a sag in the bill, and the sag is that uh, people of faith who make statements of belief in their workplace, you know, let's say, for example, you had a guest on, uh, they say uh, something about their religious views, perhaps on sexuality, uh, on your radio station. <clears throat> That's heard by the boss who brings somebody on a Monday morning and says, look, didn't love what you said there. You know, our workplace is inclusive, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to discipline you or ask you to leave, something along those lines. So that statement of religious belief um, uh, really has little or no protection. In fact, the what the government has, has saying is going to help, they say, look, if you're a company over $50 million, you can't bind your employees' statements of belief outside the workplace unless it would cause you unjustifiable financial hardship. Now, <clears throat> that's we've asked for that phrase, unjustifiable financial hardship, to be removed uh, because any company can assert, well, if you say this on the weekend or on Instagram, you you will you will cause us unjustifiable financial hardship. People will target us. There'll be a Twitter campaign. Uh, so so just simply don't say it. So uh, we will continue to engage with the government on that uh, disappointing aspect of it. Is there a definition for what unjustifiable financial hardship is? Is there a dollar there figure is, on that? Uh, no, there's not. No, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And um, 
somebody who wants to run a secondary boycott against a company, you know, think um, Israel Palau, Rugby Australia, Qantas. So you've got somebody who um, has, a, you know, Qantas would have a financial impact on Rugby Australia. If they're not happy with the employee, they can rattle things sufficiently so that the employer um, feels the need to um, take action to cause the loss of a sponsor, for example, or the loss of a supplier. So, so you're right, Lyle, it's not quantified. Uh, it's, it's just such a low threshold. With uh, just using that, looking at that Israel Folau, um case as an example, which is the the big example that's front and centre right now, um, he was recently exonerated um, with an out of court settlement. Now people are arguing, well, if existing legislation is strong enough so that he is exonerated under existing legislation, do we need this new legislation? <coughs> yes, he, he well, he really wasn't exonerated under legislation. He. His action was that he was um, under the Fair Work Act, that adverse action was taken against him because of his religion. Uh, that, that's basically all the wording says in the Fair Work Act. So that was never actually tested in court. It was an out-of-court settlement, and both sides were weighing up the risks of winning or losing. <clears throat> Look, there's a couple of, particularly for Christians, there's some really heartening things out of the Israel Palau settlement. Number one, um, since he made that statement in about May this year, the gospel has been preached across the country. You've had people like Martin Niles on the radio, on the TV, preaching the gospel. You know, we're all sinners. We all need to be saved. So that's excellent. The second thing is that people like um, uh, other employers, there's been, a, you know, apparently, according to the media, a multi-million dollar payout. So any other employer that would think about sacking someone, dismissing someone, would think, oh, hang on a second. Rugby Australia had to make a substantial payout for this. It's probably the wrong thing to do. They thought it was. Then, you know, we shouldn't do it either. So it has that benefit as well. So, um, but yeah, we do, you know, the, the legislation needs to be put in place so that a future Israel Palau, who's not so famous, not so well-resourced, um, you know, can be helped. Um, you know, our concern is with, with the everyday Australian who, who may be marginalised, in fact, we deal with these people every week uh, who come to our uh, our sister organisation, which is a law firm, Human Rights Law Alliance, who act for people who are, um, you know, disciplined or dismissed because of their faith at the workplace. Sure. So if we if we look at companies then that are, say, under uh, $50 million of, um, you know, annual income turnover, whatever, yes. that's sort of your, your average company that uh, the average Australian is working for. You know, there's a lot of Correct. a huge amount of Australians that are working in that area. What kind yes. of protections do they have in being able to just express their religion, you know, outside of work hours, however they feel like it? Very, very little. Uh, the only thing that... Uh, a, a smaller company would have to satisfy. If they had a rule, um, the rule could be don't speak about your religion in the workplace. That could be one rule. Or don't post anything outside the workplace. Um, what they would have to establish is that that condition was reasonable. So reasonable is a very low threshold um, because uh, you go to a court and the court may, um, you know, with the kind of, uh, LGBTI political correctness, uh, the court may say, well, it is reasonable. You want a safe workplace. You don't want to talk, people to talk about their religion. They can talk about their sport. But, you know, if anybody were to assert that, look, I, my personal view, I'm a Presbyterian, my personal view is that marriage should be between a man and a woman. If you said that at the water cooler, uh, then you're making the workplace unsafe. Uh, the legislation says the rule limiting that must be reasonable. Uh, that's ridiculously low. The rule should be that um, you can only limit such speech if it's necessary to do so, which is a much higher threshold. So we're concerned about the low threshold uh, and we you know, have, have directly addressed uh, the Attorney-General on this and his advisors and we'll, we'll continue to do so. Mm. Now, um, with the, the new uh, version of the bill that's coming through, how's that going to affect the situation in Tasmania with, you know, anti-vilification, you know, anti-discrimination legislation down there? Well, you are an absolute expert on this uh, legislation. Um, and uh, it's, 
you, you're referring to section 41 or clause 41, which is known as the, the, uh, Porteous clause. And it's to try and prevent a claim, uh, Julius, Julius Porteous, the, uh, Bishop in Tasmania put out a leaflet explaining in pretty mild terms the Catholic position on traditional marriage. And in Tasmania, there is a law there, uh, section 17 of the Anti-Discrimination Act, which says that it's an offence, uh, you know, punishable by fine to offend somebody based on religion, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity. So the idea that it's an offence to offend somebody exists only in Tasmania in, in anti-discrimination law. It's the lowest threshold of the country. So there has been a, uh, a purported attempt under what is now Clause 42 to stop that happening. And the assertion is that a statement of belief, a religious statement of belief, um, does not contravene Section 17 of the Tasmanian Act. That's brilliant. Great. Um, on the face of it, that's great, law, but there's a, there's a bit of an out clause, and the, the out clause is that that um, provision won't apply where the statement made is malicious, and we'd all agree with that, or where the statement is would or is likely to harass, threaten, seriously intimidate or vilify another person. <clears throat> We're concerned about, you know, that the statement might be likely to harass or threaten because somebody who in Tasmania says, well, I'm offended by that statement, they'd probably also make the assertion, well, I feel threatened as well and uh, or I feel harassed. So we're concerned that uh, there's a sense in which this uh, protection against uh, a, an infringement of the Tasmania laws given with one hand but taken away with the exception that the statement might harass or threaten somebody. So, look, the government's trying to keep both sides happy on this. It's um, it's a tightrope walk for them, but in keeping both sides happy, we, there may actually be very little net benefit from this um, porteous clause. Coming back to the Falau case for a moment, um, obviously, you know, Falau and Rugby Australia have settled out of court because neither of them were, you know, for whatever reason they decided that it wasn't... Uh, Beneficial to take it to court with some, you know, some hesitancy that uh, one side or the other might lose. Um, under the new legislation, would it be more likely or less likely to go to court? Do you think? It's an excellent question. So the it's going to be a company over fifty million dollars. Um, there's been a statement of belief made, and there's no doubt that this clause was designed to mirror the Falau case. I mean, even the government's calling it the Falau clause. Um, so there's a Falau clause with what I call the Qantas exception, and that is the causing unjustifiable financial hardship. Um, would it be more or less likely? Um, I think that um, under this legislation, I wouldn't be very optimistic that Israel Falau would be successful uh, under this legislation. Uh, my concern is that Rugby Australia could say, as exactly they did say, oh, we're going to lose sponsorship for this. Uh, so he's got to go. We're, we're being, um, you know, we're, we're, we're quite rattled that uh, Qantas uh, will drop us. And so I think this particular section, as currently worded, provides a scaffolding uh, to adversely impact on Israel Palau. Um, and I don't think his position to be much improved. So a a case that I think our listeners would be a lot less familiar with, uh, Jason Tay, some time ago, mm. uh, photographer. Um, yes. Maybe you could comment on that very quickly, just give us a bit of background as to what happened there and also um, how the legislation would affect somebody, you know, in a small private business like that. Yeah. J- Jason Tay's uh, situation, as I recall it, he's a photographer. He was asked to... Um, photograph a lesbian uh, couple. Um, he thought about that. He thought, look, I need to just be open with these people. I'm, I'm offering them a creative service in which I'm, you know, to do this job properly because he's an expert photographer. He's got to immerse himself in his subject matter. So he said to them, look, just so that you know, I'm, I, I'm a Christian. Uh, my worldview, I don't actually um, 
uh, you know, prove homosexuality. Um, having, you know, so I just think it's relevant. You know, you might want to get someone else to do your photos, but I'm just, I'm happy to do it. I just think I should make that clear. So Jason, uh, uh, there was a complaint made by this couple uh, to the relevant anti-discrimination tribunal in Perth. Um, and um, so the, the his situation was that um, uh, they claim discrimination on the base of, you know, sexual, um, of their sexuality or, or, yeah, or gender, you know, that type of thing. Now, um, he he basically, uh, they, they also found a way to settle that case. Um, I think ultimately the claim by this couple was withdrawn and they said, look, we could press on, but I don't think it would change this fellow Jason Tay. So um, the truth of the matter is this is really, uh, this would be dealt with under different legislation, sort of Sex Discrimination Act, rather religious discrimination. But what it, what it does alert us to is just how vulnerable a Christian in business can be uh, who doesn't want to provide services, say, for a same-sex wedding. And the tragedy of all of this, Lyle, is when same-sex marriage was being passed uh, back in late 2017, there was concern for people like photographers, like uh, Christian bakers who didn't want to bake a same-sex wedding cake, um, didn't want to lend their artistic services. Everyone thought that this legislation would assist those people, um, the photographers and the bakers. It doesn't even touch that. So uh, it's, it's clear that uh, if a photographer said, look, I actually don't want to do that uh, particular gay wedding, they would have no protection under this bill because they are, you know, they are engaging commercial activity and the bill affords them no protection at all. Looking outside of Christianity for a quick moment, uh, other countries have, you know, brought in legislation to, you know, ban the burqa, that kind of thing. Um, is there protection for the Islamic community to express their religious belief through wearing a burqa? Um, could we ever face that kind of, um, those kind of bans here in Australia under the, uh, the this version of the bill? Uh, no, I think this, this bill provides great protection for uh, the Islamic uh, faith and for you know, wearing a burqa, so, you know, provided it doesn't create a security risk, um, and, and for wearing turbans, uh, for, for the Sikh community. Uh, no, I think all of those things are protected and, um, um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, we are certainly supportive of that. And, uh, yeah, all, all faith communities, uh, in terms of the provision of services, um, you know, basic, um, discrimination is simply not allowed under this bill. So look, we acknowledge there are some, Good elements in the bill uh, that, that uh, no person of religion can be discriminated in the provision of accommodation, um, finance, etc., because of their religion. They're all good um, uh, parts of this bill. Uh, so there's, there's there's a lot to be um, pleased about. Uh, there's just more work to be done, particularly for the individual in the workplace. Dan Flynn, I would love to continue speaking to you. Uh, so much interesting information and great insights right there, but unfortunately we are way out of time. We're going to have to move on to the show. But uh, that's, that's my pleasure. Dan Flynn from uh, Australian Christian Lobby here on Faith FM. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
Jackie speaking. Hi, Jackie. I've just cleaned and polished my motorcycle. Who can I ride with? Why not ride with us? Who's us? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry. What is Adventist Motorcycle Ministry? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry is a Christian motorcycle riders group. We are drug and alcohol free. Rides are normally on the first Sunday of each month. Are other riders welcome? Yes, of course. But they need to be aware that AMM is drug and alcohol free. Where can I find out more information? Just ring Jeff on 0458 Yes, call Jeff on 0458 for more details. That number again is 0458 Hello, greetings from your local Warrawolf Seven-Day British Church. My name is Tara. I am part of a prayer group that meets every Wednesday evening at 6.30 here at church. We would love to have you join us in discussions and prayer. We would love to have the privilege to pray for you and any other further prayer requests. We pray for the sick, the needy, and also our local community. The address again is 43 Mason Street, Warrigal. That's every Wednesday, 6.30pm. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I'm thirsty 